So yeah, uh, these new iPhones look really cool. Siri, go away. Nobody's talking to you. Welcome to Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd-related topics. I'm Adam Comp, joined, as always, by my handsome co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing this week, man? Good evening. I am super excited to be recording. Yeah, me too. It's good good to have you on the show. This is a very special Wednesday edition of Tech Down. Hump Day. Hump Down. Hump Down. Hump Down. Yeah. I think we got our show title out of the way. Yeah. Really early. We started strong. Yeah. Do you think someone else has the Hump Down Twitter uh, avatar or Twitter handle? Uh, maybe. Like some kind of camel enthusiast? Is that what you're thinking? Camels. Every good Twitter name is taken. Taken by the camels, basically. What do you have against camels? They're just like worse horses. That's all. Worse horses? They're like horses with something to prove. No, they're horses plus. You you get like normal horse, but you also get that hump in there. Everyone loves the hump. I, I don't know. I think we're going to be divided on this one. We might have to agree to disagree. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, we do have a lot to talk about this week since we just had an Apple event. Well, before we get to the juicy part of the show, I did want to ask, how was your Labor Day weekend? Ooh, okay. Let's keep the audience in suspense a little bit. Let's see. My Labor Day weekend was good. Let's see. I had one day where I didn't do anything at all. I had one day where I had a fantasy football draft, and you and the rest of the Copper Stomper League came over. We hung out and, and drafted players, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, Oh, and one other day I, I visited a farm. Took Connor to see a dairy farm, to see cows. Now he knows where milk comes from. Huh. Tying it all back together to the show. It all comes back to milk, man. How uh, how did Connor like, you know, being down on the farm? Was that was that fun? Yeah. So Connor enjoyed the farm. I guess he doesn't really notice how majestic cows are just yet. But uh, it was a good time, and we got to hang out with our friends, uh, our African friends who are originally from America whom we like to refer to as our African-American friends, even though they're white. So we got to hang out with them for the f- last time before they uh, they get on a plane and, and leave us once again. So it was good. I had a good weekend. How about you? It was really good. Uh, Mary Beth and I went to Chicago with a couple of her family members um, to visit family friends, Taylor and Nancy. Uh, They live just north of the city, so on Saturday we took the train down like an hour or so to spend the whole day in Chicago. It was fun. We did touristy stuff. Yeah, what sort of... Did you see the bean? You know, we were going to go to the bean, but we ended up having like a long lunch, and then we hung out on a rooftop bar and had a couple beers. So we ended up walking down to Navy Pier and checking that out. Uh, Basically, it was a lot of eating and drinking in Chicago, which was awesome yeah that does sound like a lot of fun have you seen the bean before yeah uh, mary beth and i have been twice before and so we oh, okay. i think we saw the bean both times actually yeah. funny enough all three times we've been to chicago we've uh ate dinner or i guess lunch this time at the weber grill restaurant which i highly recommend cool good tip 
And yeah, if you've seen one giant reflective bean-shaped statue, or if you've seen it once, that's probably enough. Twice is more than enough. If you've seen it, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. There are a dime a dozen down there. Yeah, basically. And on Sunday, um, we just returned home and uh, just in time to go to your football draft on Monday. Our our football draft. It's everybody's. Well, you're the commissioner. Yeah. So if it goes wrong, it's on you. No, see, that's what I don't want. Yeah. I don't want that responsibility. Oh, it went well. How do you feel? How do you like your team? I like my team just fine. Yahoo, they didn't they didn't like my team as much, but I got faith. They kind of crapped all over it. Yeah, what does Yahoo know? Yeah, they don't yeah, their predictions before the season starts are usually way off base, so don't worry about it too much. Hey, uh, do I sound okay to you? Yeah, yeah, you sound great. Why do you ask? So I've actually, I'm glad that I sound great. I'm actually a little bit under the weather. So I'm like fighting back cold sweats a little bit. Um, I've been feeling kind of run down all day. So I loaded up on soup before this episode. So hopefully the soup lasts through the entire thing. That sounds delicious. Fair warning. Yeah. You know, it sounds delicious, but brief tangent. Um, Soup tangent. Soup tangent, yes. You've had ramen before, right? Oh, of course. Have you ever had those little cups of ramen? Yeah, I'm not uh, like the styrofoam cups. It's not my preferred way. Yeah, so I was at the grocery store last weekend, and I picked up a bunch of those cups accidentally, and I didn't realize it until I went to go make some ramen about a half hour ago. And you can imagine my disappointment. And I was even more disappointed once I ate it. And it was nowhere near as good as regular ramen, which is not super delicious. So, um, yeah, do not recommend the styrofoam cups of ramen. No, I'll plus one that. But we should jump into the main topic because otherwise we're going to be here recording Tech Down all night, which is fun. But as I mentioned, I I need to get to sleep at some point because I'm... I think my body will thank me. All right. So enough about American Midwest cities, enough about cows, and enough about soup tangents. Let's give the people what they came for, Adam. Yep. So Apple had a big event, big marketing event, and everybody's excited about it. The Twitters are exploding. Uh, there's The cynics are out in full force giving their disparaging remarks. So that's how you can tell that a big Apple event happened today. And I, I don't know, like, how do you want to, how do you want to tackle this? How do you want to, how do you want to devour this beast? Any particular order? Man, and this was, and this was a big event too. Like Apple typically, historically, they'll have two events in the fall, one in September for iPhones, and then uh, it's their music event. And then one in October, which is their iPad event and maybe new Macs as well. And I don't know if we're going to have an October event this year. It seemed like a lot of the stuff that normally goes into both of those uh, two keynotes got jammed together into this one monster event today. So, yeah, dicing it up, you know, where where should we start? I don't know. Yeah, Tim Cook called it a monster announcement, actually, which I at first took to mean that they were going to announce some sort of a partnership with Monster Energy Drink. But I think he actually just meant that it was really big. 
not Monster Cable, like Monster would start making the beats again? Nope, not like that. Just a really big event. Yeah, so uh, do you want to just go in order? Yeah, sure. In chronological order, perhaps alphabetical? They Don't they all start with, like, I? <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's do chronological in order first announced. So new Apple Watch. Anything you want to talk about there? Or some Apple Watch announcements. Yeah, I think it's a stretch to say new Apple Watch. Anything that stands out to you with that segment of the presentation? Yeah, so I don't I don't know if I mentioned this on any previous episodes, but I am in the market for a new Apple Watch band to complement my Space Gray sport model. Um, I have a wedding coming up in exactly one month, actually, and I would like something classy and understated that I could wear with my uh, sport band or instead of my sport band. So I was really, really keen to see what we had uh, Apple Watch related out of this keynote, and they led uh, with with the pricier options. So Apple announced they have a partnership with a, a high-scale watch manufacturer. Uh, Hermes. I thought, I thought it was pronounced Hermes, but I don't think that's correct, actually. I, they were pronouncing it in some really fancy, highfalutin way that I don't think I can. Hermes. Hermes. For men. Hermes, yeah. And so, yeah. like, these watch bands are not the watch bands I was looking for. They're, like, starting at $1,100. They go up to $1,500. They're, I'm sure, made from handcrafted Italian leather that's finely aged and blah, blah, blah. So are these Hermes loop? Because I'm going to call them Hermes, so I don't want to punch myself. Uh, so the Hermes watch band is that the one that wraps around your wrist twice or is that something else yeah it was a line they had three bands that were announced yes they have the one that wraps all the way around one that only wraps around once and then one that looks like a giant cuff that like they say it has equestrian accents and i can see where that comes from because it basically looks like a saddle for your wrist but if you haven't seen this thing it looks ridiculous it's worth taking a moment to google a picture of it you know, I actually think that it looks kind of cool. You yeah. think it, you don't like it? I mean, for my needs, it, it wasn't quite there. I'm sure some people will be very happy. All right, so what about these new uh, sport bands? Because the yeah, sport now, bands are coming in a bunch of new colors, right? Yeah, they got a bunch of different hues. So we had like really bright ones when it was first announced. There was like lime green and baby blue. Like that's the one you have now. So now we have a whole spectrum of colors. There's like a light blue. Um, There's like, I was looking at them earlier. There's fog, which is like a pretty light gray. And then there's just like a lot of different variants of colors that were already there. Um, And none of them really like struck me as a must-have i kind of was picking over them on the website to see which one might uh, be the most aligned with what i want and i don't know i don't know if any of them were again quite the watch band i was looking for how about you what do you think so if i were to get another watch band i would definitely want to get another sport one and so having more options there actually does kind of appeal to me i just clicked through on the uh page that you have linked in the uh the outline and there are 16 
colors of sport bands available right now. And uh, there's quite a few shades of gray and white and off off white and like really dark blue that yeah. I, I don't know. I could see myself wearing and enjoying on a daily basis. Something that doesn't stand out quite as much as my baby blue. Right. I would say a lot of these fall under pastel. Uh, you know, that might be fair. Like they're definitely lighter in tone. Pastel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's some that would be appropriate for Easter, but uh, yeah, like there's bright green. I guess that existed before, right? An orange. Yeah. Oh, red. Like solid red. Project red. In fact, yeah, that that is pretty slick, and that would look good with my space black band as well or a watch uh what color is your wedding theme so it is silver and purple and not that Ah. lavender color that they have there so i was kind of thinking about silver and they have fog which again doesn't doesn't quite match up with the wedding colors you know it's not too late to change your wedding colors to red a red wedding do you think mary beth would go for that I'm sure she would be fine. Just explain to her that it's to match your You're new right. Apple Watch sport band. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could. I, I think I could wing that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for follow-up next week. <laughs> Where Aaron might be a little beat up from his fiance. Yeah. Um. So they also announced a couple different color finishes to the aluminum Apple Watch Sport. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Yes. There's now a gold and a rose gold finish, which is like a coating over the aluminum. So basically color options for the cheapest Apple Watch. And what I didn't see is if this changes the cost of them at all. It's not actually using gold or rose gold materials, right? It's just like a a coating on the aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's a finish that could chip off if you... If you bang it too hard. See, that's surprising to me. I would have thought that, uh, because to me, from afar, you might confuse this new gold uh, Apple Sport model with the existing Apple Watch Edition model, which was also gold. And that's, to me, something that I would have thought Apple wouldn't want to have, you know, people confuse out in the wild. But I don't know. Maybe... uh, Maybe I'm just overthinking that, and they just want to appeal to as many different tastes as possible. Yeah. They're really playing up the customization angle. Customize different watch finishes with different band colors and really personalize your look. And and some of these look really cool. So I might have to take a closer look, and I'm not going to get a new watch face, I guess. But uh, definitely the bands are appealing to me. Yeah. I could get a bunch and then then wear whichever one suits my mood for a given day. One for every day of the week. I like that idea. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I like where your head's at. You know which one would be on Friday, right? That's right, the pink. Pink band Friday. Dude, and the pink finish, or the rose gold finish, I think looks kind of cool too. You like that? I just couldn't pull it off all the time. I, I do. I think it looks great. Maybe not for me. I just think that it looks really cool. Yeah, I was not expecting to see new hardware, uh, by the way, of Apple Watches at this event. I predicted new watch bands, which was kind of a bit of a cheap prediction because Johnny I've showed them off (laughs) a couple months back, so I kind of figured they were coming. But uh, it was a little bit out of left field to see 
uh, these new finishes for the sport model. Yeah, I think it's a stretch to call them new watches or new hardware. But but I get what you mean. Anything else on the Apple Watch? Or do you want to move on to more exciting news? Um, yeah, I think I'm cool on the Apple Watch for now. I'm sure we'll have uh, some Watch OS 2 impressions down the road. Oh, yeah. They did do, like, a couple demos of some apps that uh, actually seemed kind of interesting. There was one, like, measuring, like, fetal heartbeats, which I don't even know how that would work without some kind of third-party accessory. But as somebody who just had a baby, my interest was kind of piqued because we actually made a lot of efforts to try to hear his heartbeat before he was born. And other than going to get the uh, uh, ultrasound, weren't really in luck. So I don't know. There, there's some cool apps coming, but you're right. Once watchOS 2 comes out, I'm sure we'll have uh, a lot more in-depth reactions to that. But then next, the next topic was a big one. Some would say the size of Jupiter. It's the iPad Pro. The highly rumored iPad Pro. Everybody's mind was blown. So basically, this is a new iPad that is much larger than the existing iPad, which I that in and of itself, not super interesting, right? But... What I did find kind of interesting were the accessories that came with the iPad Pro. Go on. Or were introduced as part of the iPad Pro. One being a stylus that Apple refers to as a pencil that's meant to be used with the iPad Pro and maybe has implications that are more for like niche use artists and people practicing surgeries and that sort of thing. And then they also introduced a a uh, a keyboard cover for this thing so that it actually more closely resembles a actual like get work done laptop. So I don't know, either of those accessories pique your interest or the iPad Pro itself? Definitely. I think whenever Apple gets into the peripheral business, it's worth paying attention to so I've been on, you know, been on a stylus hunt previously in my iPad ownership career. Um, I've settled on the Magless style. It was a pretty expensive one I got a couple years back, and I was happy with that. And I've watched like the newest stylus technologies come out, including one by Fifty Three, who's created the paper app, which is actually called the Pencil. Funny enough. Oh, that's right. There are actually two pencil stylus styli now. Yeah, you know what? What else is funny? Poor paper, because they also had the name of their app stolen by Facebook when Facebook introduced uh, their new their new reader app. Yeah, they can't catch a break. No. And then the other accessory, the smart keyboard, as it's called, uh, it really, to me, and I'm sure everybody else who's seen this, brings to mind the Microsoft Surface. I, I don't think I'm off base by saying that. And it, to me, was um, not necessarily a no-brainer because someone else could have risen to the occasion and created one of these, but the fact that it's 
doesn't communicate over Bluetooth and instead uses a little uh, new port. I forget exactly what they called it. It wasn't very inventive. Do you, do you have that offhand by chance? It seemed like Phil was almost embarrassed to say, yeah, what that port was called. No, the three little dots off to the side. Yeah. You, you got the impression that Phil was embarrassed. It didn't have a catchy marketing name, that's all. They just called it something, like how the Apple Watch has the diagnostic port. Like, it's some really dry technical term like that. Three dots, they should have called it the ellipse. Boom. Man, Apple marketing, better watch out. Apple, if you want to hire me to do your marketing for you, you can uh, reach me with my contact information that I'll give out at the end of the show. Yeah, please hold. Um, So the fact that it doesn't communicate over Bluetooth is... uh, I guess pretty interesting. I've tried those out before and I found them pretty finicky. So I would be happy to see something a little more reliable. And that seems to be what this is. Um, And to me, the most interesting part about both accessories for the iPad Pro is that they are not bundled together with the iPad. You have to buy them separately because it seems like they're really leaning heavy on these two things uh, to really pitch the iPad Pro technology but then they don't bundle either of them with the device yeah and apple tends not to they kind of cheap out on including accessories with devices a lot of the time like their original smart cover didn't come with the ipads when they were first introduced so i wouldn't say that that was super surprising to me but that stylus, like, they spent a large amount of time saying that iOS doesn't only recognize finger input now. They have this second technology they can sense more fine precision. And if you don't end up getting that stylus, you're paying extra for nothing. Like, to me, the smart cover, yeah, there's technology that it needs, like the magnets in the side of the iPad. But you could, you know, not have that smart cover and still experience almost 100% of what the iPad offers. Whereas the stylus you're missing out on quite a bit. Really, you think so? I think that you can get by without the pencil just fine. And it's meant for more... My take is that it seems really cool. The technology in it is sweet. They showed the video where, depending on the angle that you're touching the iPad with, it'll draw thicker or uh, thinner lines, and it, it detects pressure also, even though... I think we'll we'll get to this later. The iPad Pro does not have a 3D touch display, which the iPhone introduced. Um, but the pencil can still uh, detect pressure. I, I think all that's really cool. Did you see how long it takes for this thing to charge? Did you see the numbers on this? Yeah, this kind of blew me away. Go ahead. Yeah, it was. It takes 15 seconds in order to get 30 minutes of use out of that thing so you can go from like a dead pencil apple pencil ipad pro pencil i don't know what apple pencil it it can be dead you charge it in you sing a couple lines of your favorite song to yourself and then you've got half hour of use just like that so i think all that's really cool but i don't think that it's something that everybody needs and i think the fact that it's not bundled with um like bundled with the iPad Pro kind of indicates that as well. But you are more artistic than I am, so maybe you see it as more of a necessity than I do. And that's where 
I kind of was internally conflicted because I was definitely envious when I was watching the keynote and I saw all these drawing features and even a little bit of the external keyboard stuff. But I I don't feel like I use my own iPad now enough to justify getting a new one and especially this more expensive one because I... I like it. I like the idea of it. I just don't trust myself to actually get my money's worth on this one. Hmm. So you you can't see yourself buying one of these? No, not right now. And like you mentioned, there is the omission of force touch, and I can't imagine, or the 3D display, and I can't imagine that won't make its way to the entire lineup of uh, iOS devices eventually. So I I might hold on to the next greatest thing. 3D touch, right? Did you say force touch? Yeah, I had to correct myself. You pulled a Federighi? Oh, okay. There's worse things you could do. Yeah, pulling a Federighi, like that, that should be a compliment. It is in most circles. Yeah, in Apple, that's a big, uh, that, you know, that's some high praise right there, pulling a Federighi. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let me ask you a question. How long do you think it'll be before we get Xcode for iPad? And I follow a lot of developers on Twitter. A lot of people had this same thought. And I don't know. I I would like to see it. You know, I know um, John Syracuse has mentioned a couple times nowadays that you can shoot a movie on your iPhone, you can edit your movie on your iPhone, and you can view your movie on your iPhone. But you can't really do something like that for the creation of apps. And so I kind of look at it like eventually we're going to get there. And this is a big step in that direction. But I guess it's just, you know, not time yet. The world's not ready. Yeah. But but you agree that it has to come eventually? I think so. How about you? Yeah, I, I was thinking that they definitely seem like they're going that direction. And, I, I mean, that's how I know in my heart as a developer that I can't adopt an iPad Pro as my full-time machine yet because I can't do my job on it. And I, granted, that's not going to keep a lot of people from getting an iPad Pro, but once they've like crossed that threshold where truly any work that you can do on a Mac, you can do on an iPad, I think that eventually the floodgates will open and we might actually see a lot more people going to iPad as their primary computer yeah and one thing i recall hearing is that apple doesn't allow third-party apps to compile code um and so i thought for a second that might be a strike against xcode for the ipad but i don't think they would hold themselves to that same rule yeah apple does whatever they want in terms of breaking their own rules yeah um okay anything else ipad pro no and really it's funny how little anything iPad related that wasn't the pro like got um keynote time related like the they announced a new iPad the iPad mini 4 and then it, they announced it during the pricing section basically just saying like oh yeah and <laughs> we also have this it's just basically an updated 3 like i was shocked how little time they actually spent on that yeah good point i thought it was also interesting maybe it was Syracuse that tweeted this but they basically ma- made a c- – because it's just an, the iPad that we know 
but bigger with a couple of accessories. They like made it seem really cool and sexy with their videos that they did and the things that they emphasize. So I don't know. Good job, Apple. Uh, with that, I guess. Because that does not seem like an easy job. Yeah, I I hear you on that. All right, you wanna you wanna move through the rest of this keynote? Yeah. What what came next? Ah, uh, your notes are not in chronological order, but I I remember, no. I recall. Next was the big one for me, oh, at least. Yeah. Yep. Of course. The announcement that I've been looking forward to for years at this point. And it yep. was the introduction of the new Apple TV. Hold for applause. Yeah. Apple reinventing the Apple TV. Yeah, so this one, really, really uh, long in the wings. You know what I mean? Like, we waited for this one forever. We had price drop of the current hardware. Um I think that was pretty much it. Like, it's been, I know we talked about this in a recent episode. It's been like a thousand days since that hardware has been truly been updated. Yeah. Uh, so, in my opinion, and yours, I'm going to speak for you in this case, long overdue. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what we got, I'm actually really, like, I was going to be excited about anything at this point. It's been so long. But I kind of feel like what they gave us was worth the wait at this point because we got basically everything that i wanted and i guess to be fair basically everything that the rumor mill said that we were going to get so we got a new remote which i think seems kind of incredible at this point we'll get back to it um an sdk for developers so that you can make your own apps and uh universe or i don't know about universal search but there's uh, Siri integration, at least. Um, and I think that is, yeah, I think those are basically the high points of what got introduced. So uh, the new remote. Yes. Was your mind blown? The Siri remote, that's what it's called. This, oh, it's called the Siri remote? Really? Yeah. I missed that one, too, in the presentation. I had to update our notes. Yeah, so... Let's see, what's cool about this thing? Like the top half is essentially a touch screen so that you can swipe or tap on it in order to make your selections. Is that right? Am I remembering correctly? Yep. And then there are a couple of buttons. One is a dedicated Siri button. One is a play pause button. And one is like a volume up down button. Is that just for volume? Do we know that yet? I assume so. What else would it relate to? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's used for gaming, too. Mm, maybe. The applications are endless. Boy, I'm just looking at that thing. I think it looks pretty funky. The remote in general or just those buttons? Uh, the remote in general. Like it, it. Like you said, the top half is a touchpad. Yeah. And then the bottom half is just like a glossy plastic. And it, it's got more buttons than I would have expected an Apple product to have, and especially, like, dedicated buttons. Like, we were just talking right? about that supposed volume up-down toggle. What is the button above that that just has, like, a TV icon? Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't point that out. Yep, like, home? Like, if you're I inside guess. of an app, it, it gets you out of it? I guess. But why do you need that and a menu button? 
Well, maybe menu is more like contextual, like where you are, like tapping menu in Netflix would bring up Netflix options. Oh, okay. And the TV button always gets you back to like your main Apple TV interface. I guess that makes sense. As I walk through it with you, I guess I see the logic here. What about a dedicated volume button, though? Doesn't that seem kind of weird? Does does the Apple TV control volume at all right now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, so maybe they just chose uh, not to include that at all. Like, it would just be overly complicating things. Wait, what what would be overly complicating things? Adding volume control locally to the Apple TV instead of controlling volume through your actual television set. Oh, okay. So do you not think that these are volume buttons on the remote? I don't. I'm going to take a wild guess and say no. Because I, no. Hmm. I think Apple didn't want a situation where people have the volume all the way up on their TV and they're like, why won't this thing play sound? And it's like, oh, it's because the Apple TV is not turned up. Yeah, that's actually a situation that's come up a few times for me. Um, I I do a lot of AirPlay streaming to my Apple TV too for my iPhone, and there have been times where I've been confused about why the TV show was so quiet, and it was actually because the volume on my phone was most of the way down. Right, yep. yep. Which is annoying. And that would be the same thing if you have software controls for your Apple TV volume. So. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. We also need to mention there is a microphone on this remote too. So I I don't know, maybe we did. That is how you invoke Siri, which is like heavily integrated throughout the entire operating system of this thing. Yep. And it's called the Siri remote, so. Yep. Yeah, so. Isn't this idea pretty similar to like the Fire TV remote? Didn't they have something kind of similar? Yeah, but Apple has revolutionized. Well, Apple has motion control in theirs. Yeah, so it's actually less copying from the Kindle Fire TV stick and more copying from the Wiimote. Yeah, yeah. It's like 50-50. Yeah, so they did the demo on stage where they were playing a game and the guy was swinging the Siri remote like, are you sure it's the Siri remote? Man, that seems weird to say. That's what it's called. Okay. But and the guy was swinging it like a like a baseball bat and hitting balls with the game on screen and it actually looked really cool. Uh it looked like a a fun engaging experience and I don't know, looked like a fun game. I'd I'd like to try that out at some point. So what were some of the other cool things that uh this new box set does? Well, okay. So I I want to talk about the the touch interface briefly. I want to touch on that. Okay. Uh because this basically replaces the up down left right wheel that's on the existing Apple TV remote, right? Yeah. Which friend of the show Dwayne Leininger uh was pointing out that it's basically like the what you can you can use the remote app on your iPhone and do the the swipe interface in order to move around. And he was saying how he really does not like that. And it doesn't feel as good as having up, down, left, right buttons to move around. Um, and I think that they kind of had to do something like this in order for this uh, Apple TV to catch on. Because 
Um, it's like the the scroll wheel on the original iPod. It gives you a way of navigating larger libraries without having to sit there being like tap, 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 up, down, up, 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 down, down, down. Or like holding down the down button to scroll through your entire music collection or Apple Music or something like that. And then before you know it, you're at the very bottom of the list. So it gives you kind of more fine-grained control. Um, and, you know, who knows if, I, I guess I would have to assume that it's intuitive and it works pretty well, but something that we can get used to or that they can refine as time goes on. So I'm I'm actually kind of excited about that interface element to the remote. Yeah, and I don't. I saw somebody tweet this, but I haven't seen it confirmed anywhere. And if this is true, I think it'd be pretty neat. Um, apparently, you can tap either the right or the left side of this touchpad to just increment things by one. So if you're swiping through a whole bunch of things and then you just are short of whatever selection you wanted, you can just quick tap once and then it will go to just one item over, which... I guess is kind of like a middle ground between what Dwayne's saying and what we're saying. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually really cool. I could see that being very helpful. Um, it also demoed really well with Crossy Road. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, those hipster whale guys. Those they're all stars, right? Yeah. Good for them. I uh, it, it actually I've played Crossy Road before and I got bored kind of quick, but it made me want to try it again once it was on the TV and do the multiplayer. That looked like a lot of fun. And I think the reveal for why multiplayer was compelling there was so good where one of the guys blocked the other one from continuing down the path and he got <laughs> slammed by a car. Like that got a big reaction in the room uh at work. I I thought that was really really funny. Yeah. And if I'm remembering correctly, the one guy was using the Siri remote and the other guy was using his phone as a input control. Was that right? Is that right? I, I assume that that would be something you can do, and I was going to ask if that was possible, because I don't know if like this thing would, this Apple TV would let you pair two remotes to it. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he used his phone, which would be really cool, uh, especially if like it's a more than two-person game. You could like easily get three, four, six, ten people involved in a game around a TV if everybody has an iPhone. Just uh, a really cool way to get a bunch of people involved in party games. Definitely. And speaking of party games, a friend of the show, Mike Dickman, and I were both saying how much fun it would be to have the Jackbox collection on this thing. Oh my gosh, yes. I don't know what that is. Google it. You know what it is. Yeah, I played that with Mike. That game is so much fun, and this would be a perfect application. Uh, what else about the Apple TV do you want to hit on? Um, uh, they're giving them away to developers. Uh, are they? There's a lottery, but and I signed up for it, but I was assuming that the lottery was to buy one, like it was for the developer Apple Watch. I Maybe. I was actually, maybe maybe I shouldn't have uh, thrown my hat in that ring then, if uh, if that's the case. I Maybe I was just getting, How many times I, did you register for this library? Shouldn't have set up that script to run <laughs> run it every, every minute. Oh, crap. But yeah, I think that's cool. It's at least early access, right? You get it before everybody else. 
I just basically need something shiny and new. That's all. Yeah, definitely. Besides that, anything else that you wanted to bring up? Well, I thought that it was interesting that there are multiple storage sizes. Yep. There is one, uh, is it 32 and 64? I believe so. That's what I wrote here. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) So I think that's interesting because uh, they also, in their documentation, have imposed a 200 megabyte app size limit for third-party developers. So I don't know how much space the OS, this TV OS, takes up, but 200 megabytes times 5 is a gig, and 5 times 32 is like 160. That's like 160 apps that you could fit if tvOS doesn't take up any space. So say tvOS takes up like five or six gigs or something like that. That's still like hundreds of apps that you would be able to install that are at that limit. So I can't imagine a world where I would need more than 32 gigabytes at this point. I'm surprised by that limit because it seemed like gaming was a big emphasis for them, and I just don't know how a theoretical Infinity Blade port is going to work out on a device like that if it has that sort of storage limit. Yeah. Well, maybe it just goes to show how serious they are about app thinning and the uh, the slicing that they've introduced with iOS 9. Yeah, true. Because I have it now where you can install an app and it only downloads like the first level and the resources needed for the first level. And then as you progress, it will clean up resources and download things on the fly for you. And they introduce tools to help with that. And it seems like that's going to play in pretty heavily with the... Uh, with the new Apple TV. And even, so I thought this was really interesting, they do not let developers store data, arbitrary data on the device, on the Apple TV. So there's no like core data equivalent. There's no NS user defaults from what I can gather. And it's all, you have to write key values to the cloud or use CloudKit or, I don't know, I haven't maybe I haven't looked at the documentation closely enough, but use some TV OS. Oh, that just feels so good to say TV OS. <laughs> use some TV OS uh, cloud storage solutions. Maybe they've introduced some new APIs that are meant to be used on the on the new device. So I thought all that was pretty interesting. Yeah. They also did not mention HomeKit. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think of that. Huh. Yep. So no love for home automation. Nope, but the pieces are there. Maybe next year will be HomeKit's big debut. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Kind of giving up hope at this point a little bit. I don't know. I I don't know that I'm super excited about home automation in general. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I, I don't I don't mind turning off my light switches manually. It's going to feel so antiquated one day. I can't believe I opened my own garage door as I approached. I have had experience with smart doorknobs, though, and it's pretty slick. Like, we had to go let someone's dog out while they were dealing with a family emergency, and so they just sent us a temporary code. We just tapped that into the keypad on the doorknob, and then it let us right in. And they could see on the app that somebody had opened the door, 
and they had redeemed or that uh we had redeemed the code they created and i thought <sighs> that was mary beth uh really enjoyed that part i didn't like the look of the uh doorknob because i had a keypad but i couldn't argue with how cool that was yeah that actually seems really cool that maybe i'm just not imaginative enough to imagine what i should be excited about with HomeKit. i need an apple keynote to tell me you're a marketing guy not an execution (laughs) guy yeah i mean give me the product and i'll market the shit out of it or the crap out of it yeah, thank you. So you so you signed up for the uh Apple TV lottery. And it sounds like you might not have done that if you were expecting to have to pay for it. Um are you are you assuming you don't win the lottery? The Apple TV lottery. Are you not planning on getting one for yourself? Um yeah, I I think that just kind of sweetens the deal. I'm definitely planning on getting one of these things. Gotcha. Maybe at the end we can do like a running tally of uh, what oh what this God. event is going to cost each of us. How much we're both spending. But I, this is on my buy list. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's on my buy list as well, getting two, 32 gigs, uh, presumably, unless I can come up with a reason for needing more space. Um, oh, also interesting is that friend of the show, John Schultz, was incorrect. And they did not announce 4K video support. Uh, uh, I don't know. Did he specifically mention what device would be uh, be supporting 4K? <laughs> this might be a good segue into the last major tentpole announcement. All right, do it. Segue away. So, unsurprisingly... Apple also announced two brand new models of iPhone this year, the iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S Plus. And we finally got the answer to the question, is it the 6S Plus or the 6 Plus S? 6 Plus. 6 Pluses. Yeah, that that's a mouthful. I don't know. Maybe I'll get used to saying that one, but I have to like think about it before I say it, which was the same thing for Apple Watch for a while too. Um, but anyway, I bring it up because they announced uh, a bunch of new features for the phones, but also an update to the camera, which is going to allow for 4K video capture. So, in a roundabout way, maybe friend of the show and former co-host John Schultz is not incorrect. Yeah, maybe he was actually thinking that Apple will have 4K support, but that'll be for the iPhones and not for the Apple TV. That's probably what it was. Benefit of the doubt. That's very nice of you. Uh, back to these new iPhones, though. There's like a laundry list of new features. So I, I, I think I'll start at what I think is the most interesting one, which is this 3D display, uh, 3D touch display. And this is, yeah. in, it's pitched as an evolution of force touch technology as we know it on the Apple Watch and on the Mac uh, trackpads but it, it senses three dimensions of pressure is what I hear. Yeah, so it's multiple levels of pressure. Um, force touch on the watch, either you are touching it or you are touching it hard and you're activating force touch. And I think that's why they're making the distinction with 3D touch because there are multiple levels here. And you can tap a screen in order to or you can tap the screen of the new iPhone in order to select something and maybe you navigate down a level. 
or you can touch it harder and it will activate some level of shortcut and if you touch it even harder all the, like harder than that like push through deeper i don't know i'm describing something that i haven't interacted with yet but the the demo that federighi kept showing is if there's a link on a page you can tap it and it will take you to safari it will open up safari if you do a slight force touch or a slight 3d touch it'll open like this cute little popover preview pane and if you push it all the way through then like push it harder i don't have the vocabulary for this yet push it all the way through it will deeper uh yeah (laughs) it will take up the entire screen and you'll you will go to the app it'll like open the preview in full screen which seems awesome like there's so many cool implications with this 3d with this 3d touch that i'm really excited yeah definitely and it's something that wasn't really a surprise at all Uh, this is something that mark german at nine to five mac i did say mark right yeah good old mark german he uh definitely announced and leaked this ahead of time so we had an idea of what the technology would do and like a couple use cases where it would be useful but besides that like i didn't have a clear picture of how this would end up being used in the day-to-day or how developers might be able to tap into it so i was really excited to see a few examples of that and and like you mentioned there were a couple um and i thought it all looked really cool but the one thing that I wouldn't call it a complaint or it bothers me, but one thing that I noticed is that this might end up being more of a power user feature just because of how discoverable it isn't, you know, like just like on the watch or the trackpad, you don't know if something can be force touched or 3D touched if if you don't try it beforehand like there's no indicator in any way like yes this is a force touchable object and you will get more options if you do that force touch it's really trial and error like you have to discover it it's not extremely intuitive in that way yeah but as a lover of keyboard shortcuts as a productivity tool i actually think that aspect of it is kind of cool and i don't mind that they're a little bit less discoverable it's like uh like swipe to delete gestures and that sort of thing. I think that like if you know that it's there and you use it, it's nice, but it's not necessary in order for you to use an application completely. Yeah, that's fair. Um but yeah, I thought that the software implications or the software the ways that iOS used the 3D touch stuff was really the more interesting thing. Um because we, we kind of knew that 3D Touch was already going to be coming. Um, the, the shortcuts that you can do on the home screen, where you can do a 3D Touch on an app icon and kind of get shortcuts into the app, I thought that seemed really neat. Um, and one of the examples that was huge was the camera app, being able to launch it right into selfie mode using a 3D Touch. Yes, yep. There's just something about seeing the word selfie in in a menu in, in Apple's software that, I don't know, I'm still getting used to that being like a real word that we all use and take seriously, I guess. I, I don't mind saying it, but I guess I always said it like 
slightly ironically and now it like i don't know just seeing it in print like that just kind of added a air of legitimacy that i wasn't ready for yeah well get on the selfie trolley i know i will um what about these live photos yeah this is i think really neat um so apple just real quick announced a small update to both cameras front facing and back facing including a, a 12 megapixel eyesight camera now which is the rear facing camera and then they bumped up the front facing one to 5 megapixels and something that this new phone or phones can do that all of the previous ones are unable to do is what Adam's saying is this new live photos feature and the way it was pitched is these are little videos that you don't really have to do anything other than have a button toggled when you're taking a photo and it will just automatically take a little bit before you take the before you take a photo and a little bit after and then kind of compile that together into a short video which really to me reminds me of an animated gif gif I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, but it reminded me a lot of the photos in Harry Potter. Ah, yeah, okay. Good good pull, man. Like a like a slight amount of choppy animation with your photo. Yeah. Um so how big I was just taking some iPhone photos and looking at the file size the uh the other day. Um I think that a full-size iPhone photo on my six my iphone six is something like 10 megabytes solid that seems big um because i was trying to send it through email and it gives you that little dialogue do you want to shrink it down to small medium or large and i think like uncompressed is like 10 megabytes something crazy like that how much space are these live photos going to take up if they are capturing the what what did you say is it the one and a half second lead up and after you take the photo, like yeah. that's going to be huge. How do they know bef- a second before you're going to take the photo? That's weird. Uh, maybe I need to get fact checked on that. Apple future prediction technology. Yeah, thought crime. What I'm assuming is that they are always capturing these frames, and every after one and a half seconds goes by, they start to dump them. So there's like a cache that they have and if you take the if you take a picture then it takes whatever's in the cache and puts that before the image that you took and then it captures for another second and a half and puts it at the end something along those lines oh okay that that's an educated guess that makes sense yeah 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 see i thought of it from like a qa perspective like if you do the auto magic feature or you like crop or you in some way enhance or edit the photo does that change anything related to the live photo that's kind of embedded within it like i don't know i'll be excited to play with that just from like a testing perspective yeah and do we know is this something that is only coming to the new iphones yeah i believe so yeah maybe you need the processing speed or whatever in order to handle all those pixels efficiently i yeah that's probably what apple would want you to believe plus they want you to buy new phones yeah of course that's the main point there yeah um and tying the two things together real quick you can actually force touch on a live photo 
to watch it get played or set it as your live wallpaper on your phone. And if you force touch your home screen or I think your lock screen, that will also play the live photo. I like that. Just tying those threads together. Yeah, me too. Especially I've been taking a lot of photos of my son lately and I'm like right now I have a gradient lock screen and a gradient wallpaper and that feature actually kind of makes me want to set a live photo of my son to uh to the lock screen. It was really cool. Even though earlier in this show's history you ridiculed people who set I know. their loved ones know. as their lock screen photo. Dude, I know. I'm sorry. It it just it looked looked really cool and it would have to be the right photo of my son. Yeah. Let's put it that way. You got to capture his good side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not every photo that I take is a winner. I'm sure not every live photo is going to be Oh, I see. Uh, wallpaper worthy. Good good call. Blame the photographer, not the subject. Definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. That kid is cute as the dickens. Um, all right, what else uh what else iPhone related did you think was noteworthy? Second generation touch ID? Are you yep, excited about that's that? Right. Scan <laughs> fingerprints twice as fast. Uh yeah, I'm excited for this one. I I'm I've had pretty good success with touch ID. Occasionally it will miss my thumbprint or it will take a second longer than I anticipate, so I'll remove my thumb, expecting it to like unlock my phone or whatever, and it doesn't, and I have to redo it. So I'm hoping this will be one of those things that I don't really consciously notice it being better, and that is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I was making a joke. With second generation Touch ID? You're not? Okay, <laughs> fine. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you just expect to get better every year, right? Like, you expect the processor to get a little bit better, the camera to get a little bit better. Just wait until there's going to be some feature, like, in two years that only the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus and above are going to support because they have the newer Touch ID second generation component. Just you wait. Okay. All right. Some claim chowder for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Um. 16 gigabytes still the yeah. still uh still offered which is probably like 10 or 12 live photos I'd have to imagine yeah that's like nothing like how much 4k video would it take to fill up 16 gigs of storage which you don't even get you get like 12 or something yeah cuz the OS takes up a good amount of that yeah are you bummed out at the 16 gigabyte offering i know a lot of people are yeah. Um, again, Mike and I were watching this keynote together and we were both kind of like, eh, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? Are they going to bump up the storage? And Mike was pretty convinced at the time that they were going to be upping the base model uh, from 16 to like 32 or something along those lines. And when they did not, we were both a little disappointed. I was planning on getting the 64 gig anyway, just because I have a 16 gig 6 plus and it does fill up pretty fast, even uh, keeping like no music and very few photos on there. Just apps seems to fill it up pretty fast for my use. So I, I'm going 64 regardless, I feel. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of bummed because it makes the phone $100 more expensive for me if they had a 32 gig 
offering. That's almost certainly what I would want to go with. Um, but I think, and I have a, a blog post that's like mostly written about this, but I think that it's kind of cool that they're keeping the 16 gig version of the iPhone around. And I think it, again, illustrates their devotion to the cloud and to pushing forward with technologies that minimize the storage footprint that apps use. So like the, I kind of said, oh, these live photos, you're only going to be able to take 10 or 12 before you fill that up. Um, But in an ideal, like in Apple's ideal world, you are storing all of your photos in the cloud. So as soon as you take it, it basically uploads to the cloud and your local version is gone. So those live videos don't take up any space, really. Same thing with 4K video. I mean, it takes up space while you are recording it, but then it gets uploaded and stored in the cloud and then it's on all your devices uh, whenever you want it without taking up any space. So I, I think that it's... I don't know. I, I think that uh, I can kind of see Apple's reasoning with the with the 16 gig still being available. Do, does iCloud Photo uh, Library support videos? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that 4K video. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, buy a terabyte then, as much as you need. Yeah. Well, they also they lowered the prices of the iCloud storage off options, right? Um, it might be the same from the last time they lowered them because they did used to be way higher, but I think they may have just been repeating the new lower pricing. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, let's see. The Verge is saying it's 99 cents a month for 50 gigs, which is half the previous storage price. Really? Yeah, that yeah. that's a pretty steep discount then. Yeah, 200 gigs for 2.99 a month, which is what I have and I I think I yeah, I paid 3.99 a month for that. Or you can do 1 terabyte for $10 a month. So, I mean, basically, this keynote saved me a buck a month, which you're now going to spend on tons of new Apple products, which I'm yeah. <laughs> well, you know, easy come, easy go. It reminds me of when they lowered their pricing before and sent me an email saying that they were going to be uh, changing my cost. They'd be like, oh, it's going to be $3 less. And just a reminder that the auto renew is in one month. It's like, you saved $3 and we're about to charge you $12. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, But it also works out nicely. Uh, did you see... So I had to leave at the very end of the uh, the event, so I didn't get to see One Direction play. Spoiler alert. Um, Was it One Republic? Oh, One One Republic, yes. Man, I am so uncool. Small difference. Thank you. Good catch, good catch. Um, but they also introduced these uh, this lease program. Right. Which I think is really cool. So basically you can pay $32 a month for your phone and you like that's that's what you pay for your phone you don't pay like the five six hundred bucks up front you get your phone off contract for that 32 dollars a month and you're leasing it so i'm assuming that apple actually owns it 
And if you stop making payments, they can repossess it or whatever. But basically, 32 bucks a month, you get an iPhone for a year, and then as soon as new one come, new ones come out, you can upgrade and continue to pay your 32 bucks. And that includes Apple Care, which is actually kind of uh, like I, I don't get Apple Care right now, um, and I know you do. But like this, the way that this these prices work out makes me kind of think that I'm going to be an Apple Care customer kind of soon. Yeah, I, the warranty is a funny thing. I don't need to tell you about warranty stuff. I got Apple Care on both of my iPhone six and the six plus, and I haven't broken, shattered, damaged either of them. I was actually at a haircut earlier today and I spoke to my stylist who got a brand new phone over the weekend and then had a minor incident where she accidentally got some chemicals into her phone like immediately after she purchased it. Luckily, she was able to take it to the Apple store and say, oh, this is how it came. So they just, you know, no hassle, swapped out the phone. Uh, And that was incident number one. Incident number two was five hours later when she was at the pool and was fumbling for her phone and then dropped it right onto the cement and cracked the screen. So whereas I go like a year, almost a year, with absolutely no incidents on two uh, and Mary Best phone, three phones with Apple Care, no problems, other people out there are ruining phones left and right. So it, you know, keep keep that in mind. Sometimes it is worth it to get the warranty. Did your stylist have the warranties? She has the one offered through Sprint that's like a $100 deductible, so it hadn't ponied up just yet. Her gotcha. husband was still a little upset, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so it sounds like uh, I have a philosophy about sunglasses, which is I don't buy inexpensive sunglasses because I used to, and I would lose them, and I would sit on them and kill them because I didn't care about them very much, and they were more disposable. And I bought a pair of Ray-Bans like five years ago that I still wear very regularly. I actually just bought a new pair of head or of sunglasses over the weekend. Um, I forgot to mention that in my weekend recap. Um, but it was my first new pair of sunglasses in like five years, and I'm really excited. Um, but I buy these nice... Ray-Ban sunglasses and they last me forever because I want to take really good care of them. And I feel like not having Apple Care, I don't have that safety net that other people uh might have in the back of their head. So I know I have to baby all of my devices. So I don't know. That's my theory. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you know yourself so well cuz I think some people cannot be trusted. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Any other thoughts about, uh, the new iPhones, the 6S and 6S plus? Uh, I did have one quick thought on that leasing program. And that is, I I don't know. I saw that you're, you have to go in store to actually get one of those. So I don't think that's the route I'm going to be going because I'm the type of person to wait up to 3am to pre-order one of these things. So I think that's probably the route I'm going to be going. But if Mary Beth were interested in upgrading, we would probably go with this leasing program. And then the loan is actually through Citizens Bank, which I already have uh, an account with and all that. So I'm very familiar with them. So it, it would be them who would be repossessing uh, your phone. 
Oh, okay. Send, sending a dude in a tow truck to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually don't think that this is something that I'm going to go with either. Um, I prefer to buy my things up front, like at, at true cost, rather than financing uh, whenever whenever that's an option. For a phone, I think that's that's an okay option. Like I don't I don't finance my computers or anything like that. So I think I'll just want to bite the bullet up front. Yeah, totally fair. I I feel the same. Yeah. Um, but I think that's basically it. Any more thoughts about the the event? Um, as a whole, a uh, lot of ladies on stage. I thought that was good. Um, there was one. It seemed like. One thing that set Twitter ablaze for a little while was a Adobe demo for like some Photoshop touch-up thing where they had a model and it, the app recognized the model's face and was able to tell eyes from noses, from mouths, from whatever else. And so they used this tool to like perk up her smile a little bit. And I guess like the delivery of it or the fact that it is there at all like seemed tone deaf to quite a few people I follow on Twitter. And so I I don't know. I think Apple might be kicking themselves slightly for that. But I do I thought it was a cool tech demo. Like the technology was pretty sweet. Yeah. People are so sensitive these days. Yeah. Um was that Adobe was that Adobe Comp? What was it that one? No. No, that was the prototyping tool. Oh yeah, you're right. I thought that was kind of kind of great cool. name. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Oh, uh what about so, there were actually a lot of demos in this event now that I'm thinking about it. There were the Adobe things, there was the Crossy Roads guys. Uh what was the name of their studio? Hipster Whale. Hipster Whale. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was something amazing. Um and Microsoft was up there yep. demoing uh, Microsoft Office for the iPad Pro. And the yeah. entire time they were doing their demo, like, I could, it, I got the impression that they didn't like it. They kind of resented the fact that they were up there doing it. Did you? Was that just me? You think so? Yeah, maybe a maybe. little bit. You think so? Yeah. Like, they, they just had, like, a look about them, and it's like, uh we should be demoing this on the surface. Everybody back in the office is laughing at me right now. I just know it. And then when they left the stage, like they had this really, really quick handshake with Phil Schiller. It was like two coaches at the end of a NFL football game. Like one just beat the other one's ass, but they still have to do the handshake. Otherwise yeah, it looks really it's bad. It's grudgingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I got it. I, I thought that that demo was kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't have much to say on that, but I really liked the Verge's headline about that. I don't know if you saw it. It was... what I didn't. What was it? Microsoft demonstrates Office on iPad Pro, giving the world one less reason to buy a Surface. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, yep. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. Um, At some point, they got to update Johnny Ives' title to Senior VP of Design slash Narrator, right? He's a chief design officer now, Adam. He's not a senior oh, VP well, of anything. That's not the important part for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, like, the best narration voice ever. Like, it's silky smooth. He could put you to sleep. 
he could basically narrate like nature shows. Yeah. I, I I mean, I liked it and they were good. It was like, oh, and here's another video with Johnny Ive explaining how magical something is. Like there were three or four videos in this event, I thought, where Johnny Ive was providing the voiceover. Yeah. And one last thing, uh, one more time where Apple created their own video that I don't know if I would consider this a skit like their WWDC one with uh um oh shoot the I shopping? can't believe I'm yeah I can't believe I'm blanking on the guy's name oh well but uh you know it had a bunch of comedians and also Selim, Selena Gomez was in it like a lot of what famous people I don't know it's there's been rumors in the last week or so that uh Apple's going to be creating their own original content and they just keep kind of testing the waters in this way. You know, they, they've they had world-renowned marketing, and, like, they used to have uh, uh, marketing firms do a lot of their commercials, but the ones that have been getting a lot of attention recently have been internal. So I kind of look at these as, like, tentative steps in that direction a little bit. Hmm. I, I miss that completely. Was that at the end of the event? Yeah, it was recapping Toward the, the iPhones. End? Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else for this uh, Apple event? Nope. Uh, I thought it was a good event. I can't wait to get my hands on a lot of these things. Oh, how much is this event going to cost you? We got to do that that tally. Yeah. Okay. So on the fence about a new watch band, I'm going to say no tentatively. So I'll leave that aside. I'm also saying no to the iPad Pro for now and the pencil and the smart keyboard. I am going to have to get me one of these new iPhones. And I've been test driving the 6 Plus uh, recently, so I'm still undecided on a 6S or 6S Plus. I might end up going with the larger size. And if that's the case, I also got to go 64 gig. And then Apple Care. How much is Apple Care? Like let stop this game. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, think right. it's like, so... I think it's 100, 150. Yeah, so nine hundred, and then uh, Apple you TV. Said, yes, Apple TV. So that's one hundred fifty. Yep. So that's fifteen hundred. Mary Beth, new phone. Uh, she was interested in getting a hand-me-down six plus. So I don't think so. A hand-me-down six plus from Apple or from a friend? From me. Oh, from you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's no cost. Keeping it in the family. Okay, that's good. Um, and then maybe a watch band, you said? Maybe, so that's like yeah. 1100 bucks. You're out? Pretty solid. How about you? Oh, good. Put it to shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I am going to upgrade my phone eventually and get the 6 with no Apple Care. So what is that, like uh, 700 bucks? Are you going 16 gig? Uh, no, 64 gig. Nice. Those okay. Are, those are 700, I think. I think so. Um, I don't know if my wife wants to upgrade hers. Maybe. So that would be 1400 right there. And then need an Apple TV for upstairs and an Apple TV for downstairs. So that's 300. So I'm at 1700 bucks. Man, just like that, out the window. Yeah, September is but, a costly month. But so I would also be able to sell my 
existing iPhone and my wife's, which I think they both go for about 350 bucks on Gazelle. So that's like... They did yesterday. Yeah, well, I checked today after the event, like right away. Maybe they haven't updated their prices yet. But about 300... But we'll estimate at three hundred fifty a piece. So that's what did we say? Seventeen hundred minus seven hundred, so about a thousand. So that's not too bad. That's respectable. So some new toys. All this excitement is costly. Yeah, this is the part of the show where we silently sit and meditate on what we can remove from our budget. And oh man, daycare. I've been doing that. Last couple of weeks. That hits you hard. Yeah. yeah. Baby expenses in general. Let's wrap this up. We're, we're depressing ourselves. Why did we end on this note? <laughs> I thought that would be a fun game. <laughs> oh. All right. You want to wrap it up? All right. Where can Tech Down Nation find you online? So I am on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Aaron Comp. I'm also on the internet at a website called www.aaroncomp.com. And I implore you all to go to iTunes and rate this podcast, please. And I am at Adam Comp on Twitter. I am www.adamcomp.com, where you can find my blog that I've actually been updating lately. Actually, kind of pleased with myself, how regular I've been, regularly I've been putting out updates. Um, and then we are at Techdown FM on Twitter, as well as techdown.fm on the internet. If you are listening in a way that is not on the website and you want to find our, our uh, presence on the web. And I think that's it. I'm going to go drink some more soup and then get my sorry butt to bed. Nice. All right. Have a good one, man. Yep. Good show this week. <laughs>